Welcome to episode 29 of the Godly Young Men podcast. Today we're discussing something that is probably not going to be our most popular episode. <laughs> probably and not. we realize that. And the reason why is because the idea of dating has permeated our culture. Uh, I think pretty much every one of my friends dated, other than maybe you uh, and, and my brother. But uh, almost everybody else that I knew was dating. It's become completely accepted in the church. Yep. So you go back 100 years or so. Uh, maybe, man, not even a hundred years. You go back yeah, 50 years that, yeah. and there was a different way of doing things, but the casual dating, the nine-year-olds dating one another, the 14-year-olds dating one another wasn't really a thing. Well, now we're seeing this and you say, well, that's the culture. No, we're seeing it in the church as well. So we realize this isn't the most popular episode, but we think it's needed. Yeah. And we're asking the question, is dating a good idea? Um, because I would imagine most of our watchers, most of those, of uh, those of you who are listening, you either grow up and you you know growing up in a household where dating is currently allowed, or you know that that's going to be the plan when you hit that age. Right. Yeah. We're, you know, depending on, and we're going to talk a little bit more about like what age, um, you know, because like you said, there's you hear eleven and twelve year olds that are talking about who they're dating and boyfriend right. and girlfriend, just just crazy. We're obviously not going to be addressing that. I was cheated on. Like yeah, what? We think that's stupid, but. 15 to 25 is the age demographic yeah. of this podcast, and there are a lot of 15-year-olds that are dating, which is crazy. My brother's 15. That cannot even imagine Luke dating anybody. Seems like Reese should be 15. Yeah, that's <laughs> how I have him in my mind. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Crazy. But yeah, so we're going to be focusing on the 15 to 25 age range. Again, acknowledging that a lot of the 15, 16-year-olds that are watching this are probably allowed to date, or maybe even are currently dating somebody yep. at the moment. And so we're not going to come beat you over the head and say, you know, stop it right now, type of thing. We're asking the question, is it a good idea? And we are encouraging everybody who's listening to this and watching this to ask that same question. Is it a good idea? Is it wise? And we want to challenge everybody listening to this. And I'll start this and let you kind of finish it in the sense that if you're currently dating, then guess what? That means your parents allow you to date, which, you know, that's their prerogative. That's their belief um, if they think that it's okay. And so it can be very easy for young men to be like, all right, cool. My parents allow it. No problem. Kind of similar to... I want to watch maybe a certain movie that might not be the best to watch. Right. My parents are cool with it. Awesome. I'm off the hook. I want to wear, you know, for a girl, uh, my parents let me wear this bathing suit. So cool. I'm off the hook. Yes, your parents should be the one setting the guidelines and the boundaries for you. However, if you're a godly young man, you have a right to ask this question. You have a right to ask right. yourself and to determine, especially if you're already dating somebody, is it a good idea? And so we want to challenge you to not just, you know, turn it over to your parents and say, well, they allow it. So I'm all good to go. Go a little deeper than that. That's right. Think for yourself. Yes. That's really what it comes down to. Think for yourself. You're going to be leading. This is what we're working on as godly young men. You're going to be leading a family. You're going to be leading a wife. You're going to be taking leadership positions, hopefully, in the church. You can't be a sheep. You can't right. just, you know, what do you, who do you look back on as an elder? And, and well, they told me to. Do, no, 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 no. The buck stops with you. As a father, who do you look at and go, well, they said I could. Right. You are. The buck stops with you. You're the guy, Right. Same thing here is, okay, maybe your parents, right, if you're still at home, you're listening to your parents, but at the same time, think for yourself. Maybe your parents say dating's okay because they haven't thought this through fully. They haven't looked at all the negatives or whatever. Maybe they weren't taught to, and you know, there's a number of reasons why they didn't. Doesn't get us off the hook for why we're thinking about it because, man, I can tell you, it goes way south. Yeah. And so for that, I think before we really get into any of the problems associated with it, I think we have to define what dating even is or how we're choosing to define dating. Because we're going to come out up front and say we don't think dating, as is currently constructed and as is currently practiced in American society, is a good idea. Now, you might be listening to this, those of you who know us, and go, "What these guys never dated, so obviously they're biased against dating. 
You're partially correct. We did not date. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> we did not do. We did not date, and so yep. you're partially correct. However, again, we want to talk about dating as it's as it's currently looked at in culture, which is what. And let's let's talk about. It. I'll start with some, and then you throw sure. some in. Dating as it's currently again practiced in the culture is two young people who acknowledge that they want to be more than friends, yep. and so they start the process of getting to know one another, usually in unsupervised settings usually in rather isolated settings, yeah. usually without any kind of, inv- I shouldn't say any, without much involvement from either party's family. It's, exactly, it's, yeah. it's two 16-year-olds. Isolated. They start messaging each other. Uh, they start Snapchatting each other. All of a sudden, their boyfriend, girlfriend, maybe the parents don't even know it yet. Obviously, then they eventually find out, but you're going on dates. You're doing things at school. Pretty unsupervised. Oh, yeah. And so that's, what else would you have to add to kind of the way dating currently is set up in culture? Well, no, I think that's exactly it. You're spot on with that. It's very isolated in itself. Um, I was just talking with somebody who's 14 year old, was dating a girl they didn't really approve of, which is like, you're the parent, you know, right, right. step in and, and put the kibosh on that. But they were dating and then they broke up and she had no idea why. Like there's no input from the parents. She yeah. did not know why her 14 year old broke up. She learned secondhand that she was that he was being kind of quote unquote cheated on because she was texting and talking to another boy. So the kid is dealing with like some serious emotional wounds here. The mom has no idea. That's the way dating's currently set up, is it's very much we have this relationship between ourselves. There's not a lot of wisdom, not a lot of mentorship going on. And yes, I do think it's the process of getting to know someone on a on a base level. Yeah. The process of getting to know someone in a romantic way. Like right. me and you could we're not dating when we're getting to know one another as friends. So what separates us... With a romantic intent. Correct. Correct. What's the problem with that? What's the purpose of romance? And who gets to have romance? Who should have romance? And I don't know if this one... I guess we can kind of get into the problems. Let's hit it, yeah. Yeah, the problems with dating, obviously the number one is the unsupervised as we're talking about. You know, there's just not a lot of input. But I would say... It lacks intentionality. Yeah, and let's go back to real quick before we get into those problems with kind of this definition of it. You think about two 15-year-olds, even two 16-year-olds. What's the purpose of it? Right. Like, what is the point? You can say, well, getting to know getting to know somebody better to see if they'd be a good candidate for marriage. Right. You're 16. I mean, most people I know are not getting married at 18. That's right. You know, and I what, got married at 19, and you know how many people told me you're way too young. People mm-hmm. are getting married in their early 20s, and right. so if you're if you're getting to know somebody for the purpose of maybe one day down the road we'll get married, that's five years and college down the road. You know what I mean? Consider both sides. If they are good for marriage. You got to stay pure for two years, minimum. Right, minimum. You're graduating high school. You don't have a job. You don't have anything lined up at 18. But let's just say you get married at 18, which again, you were 19, but you were not 19 in, I mean, in maturity. You sure, were way sure. further on. So that's not really. Don't go getting married at 19 <laughs> if you just graduated high school. Will was a little bit into. I mean, you'd already done a lot of college and everything. Right, else. right. So yeah, just want to throw that out there. Not apples, to apples. Either way, consider the fact that if they are the right one for marriage. You got to stay pure for at least two years. If they're not the right one for marriage, you break your heart. So let's be real too. How many 16 year olds are thinking marriage? Exactly. Most of them are not. And And the mature ones might be sure. You're like, oh, cool. I can marry this girl one day. Right. That's not what. And how many 16 year olds know what they want or what they need in a marriage partner? Even if they think they do, they might not. Right. Which is why we're here. The gym podcast, right? Exactly. We're trying to get you prepared for that. But at 16, you are not in the state of mind to be able to prepare for marriage and to say, this is this is the type of woman that I want because the other 16-year-old, she may be putting on a complete show for you and it's like, she's amazing, she's godly, she's all these things. Do you know how much girls, and, and boys too, but do you know how much girls change 
from 16 to 22. Yep. Like as they get out of high school, as they get into college, and if even if they don't go to college, like that's a lot of change, life change in that time. My wife was 18 when we got married. There's a lot of life change. Trust me, I know from right. personal experience how much things change. We got together when she was 16. We got married when she was 18. Lots of change takes place. So I think it's foolish to think that at that age, you can even get into a relationship that has any meaning. Because once again, what's the purpose of dating? If it's just to get to know them, why are you dating? Why not just be friends? Why bring the romantic idea at all? It's because we want, if we're being honest with ourselves, what's the importance of, of claiming that we're dating? We want people to know that we're desirable. I hate yeah. to say it, but I really think yeah. at a young age, that's really what it comes down to. Is Like, like somebody wants me. Somebody wants me. Yeah. I'm, I'm off the market, right? Like, bro, you're 15 years old. There's, <laughs> there is no market. Like, get the, there's, there's no you being off the market. Like, But ultimately, I do think it just comes down to we want people to see that we are desired. We, we're liked. That's we're cared point. for, whatever yeah. it is. Um, and man, I would say, why can't you just be a friend with a girl? There's no romance. There's no dating. It's just, hey, we get along with one another, uh, but we and can't it, do that. And again, I, I'll acknowledge that there are probably some young guys watching this going, man, really? They're saying, you know, maybe you're in a relationship already at 16 right. and you're going, right. man, these guys are, you know, bashing me for it. We're asking you to just consider these things and as we're not just trying to, we're not trying to condemn you. We're not trying to say, right. you know, you're stupid or anything like that. We just don't think it's wise because again, marriage, dating the way it's currently constructed is like practicing for marriage without even thinking about marriage. Right. In, in many cases, right. like young guys aren't thinking about marriage. And so let's go ahead and get into some of the problems with it as we kind of already spent a little bit of time defining as it currently is. And maybe your family practices something that you call dating that doesn't look anything like this. Great. That's awesome. We're going to talk about the alternative that we would recommend here at the end. Um, but again, that's why we wanted to, that's why we wanted to define dating yeah. in, in our terms because we want to give evidence for why we don't think it's a good idea based on this. But let's get into some of the problems with it. I'll turn it back over to you because you already hit on this this first huge problem with it, and that is the lack of supervision. That's right. Who's there to watch? You go out on a date, let's say, and, you know, you're kind of feeling it. Like, things are good. Things are rolling along, and you really like this girl, and maybe this is the third date, and you guys really have some good flowing, yeah. That's exactly it. And you're just kind of getting the butterflies, and you feel it, and it's like, oh, man, I kind of like this girl. Like, this is this is more than what my last three girlfriend, whatever it is, right? Like <laughs> this feels really good. And who's there to watch over and make sure that the conversation stays pure, that you're not going, you're not doing anything. You're not touching her where you're not supposed to. You're not engaging in any, you know, flirtatiousness that's way beyond what ought to be there. Nobody's there. So who's watching you? God's watching you. Obviously right. that's key. But super being unsupervised, that leaves kids to their own devices, well, which is really not good when you're talking sexually charged relationships. Well, people might be thinking like, okay, what are you going to do with it when you're out to eat at Olive Garden or something? What about at a movie? Right. At the movie theater? What it's about dark. at the mall? Yeah. What about in the car on the way to the Olive Garden? You know, there's so many, like, don't just think, oh, date and think the restaurant. There's right. there's a whole lot of other ways that young people date these days. And it doesn't, and in fact, That's a right. lot of them probably aren't going out to eat. It's probably other things. And so, yeah, the lack of supervision is huge because it leads us into the second thing, which is it ratchets up the temptation level. Big time. Um, Big time. There is no denying when when two when when a guy and a girl are together in a romantic setting with 
when it's acknowledged that there's there's mutual interest beyond just being friends, there's going to be temptation. Right. When is it going to be easier to give into the temptation? When you've got your family sitting beside you, <laughs> you know, or when you're alone by yourself. It's it's obvious and it's common right. sense. The temptation level ratchets up tremendously if you repeatedly put yourself in situations where you're by yourself, yeah. where there's no where there's nobody else around. And let me just say, this is God's design that's supposed to happen. Yeah. You're supposed to be sexually attracted to the person you're talking with more and more and more. Like sex is kind of the pinnacle. That's why it's done in marriage is you've made the commitment and now we get to have the pinnacle of that intimacy. Sexual attraction is going to happen. Look, we're not, there's the idea of like asceticism, which we deny all of that, right? And and we make that's sure not, that we, that's not the school of thought we subscribe to. Not at to, all. Yeah. Not at all. We realize, man, the first time I held my wife's hand, I was like, whoa, this feels great. <laughs> and that's very normal. That's natural. That's what's going to happen. We're just saying, think about these things and know that you're going to be in temptation. We talked about it in the porn episode, like, be very intentional with what you're doing and dating. It, it, there's no intentionality there. It's like, oh, whoops, we stumbled into this seriously right. tempting be- scenario. Because it can be very easy for a young guy to think, I'll be able to handle it. I'll, yeah, exactly. I'll cross that bridge when I get there. I'm not worried about it. Ask any, just about any guy that you know when they were dating or when they were engaged or whatever, it's not as easy as it sounds. Not just at to just all. to say no or to, to move on, you know, without, again, the temptation level is just so high. And you can lower it a bit right. if other people are with you. Or if you're in a setting where, again, a movie theater where it's dark and you're up there in the corner by yourself, very, very tempting. Anything yep. else? I, I think these. this is the most important reason yep. why we see problems with dating. So I don't want to just skip on past this. I don't know if you had anything else to add with, with kind of these two, the lack of supervision, leading to the fact that it ratchets up the temptation level. Yeah, again, those two things, if we stop the podcast there, I think it's enough to say really strongly consider what you're doing with, with dating and consider... The situations you put yourself in, always think three steps ahead, and, and you made a great point. It's very easy before the date even starts. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. Right. We'll be fine. You get into it. She's got the look in her eyes. I mean, these things happen, and man, you get there. But I'd say the third one, if you're going to move it on. Well, I was third, just going to say, too, yeah, yeah, go for it. how many 16, 17, even 18-year-olds have mastered self-control? <laughs> like, there, there's 25-year-olds that haven't. But you There's 45-year-olds that, you, that you haven't. You could argue that the... Excuse me, the 16 to 18-year-old range is the least amount of self-control yeah, that you're ever going to have other than being a kid, of course. But, but Hormones the, are at an all-time high. Yes. Yeah, we're brain developments at an all-time Right, low. the brain, the, the decision-making. Yeah. You know, like you said, like she looks beautiful. It's it's a romantic setting. The butterflies just all leads to your self-control going out the window. Oh, yeah. And, so, and boom. I mean, just that fast. All it takes is the look in your eyes. And you see it on TV, and yes, it's fictionalized. But like the kiss where you lean in for the kiss because it's just the moment. Right. How often and does that's, it lead what, to the you know the peck on the cheek and then oh wow I'm sorry I shouldn't have done that come on right that's not often what happens when you're unsupervised I'm really glad you brought that up though because that's the other thing is what are most young people these days thinking that this type of stuff leads to because of the media we consume that it's mm-hmm. in the hypersexualized culture that we live that's in right. every young person knows that, that that's the eventual result no matter how long you take to get there and so it's going to be in the subconscious whether right. we think it will or not so it's we, the same thing you, the reason why you have a problem with prom. Like yes. prom is horrible because the expectation after prom, we all know what the expectation right. is. Please, like, let's not kid ourselves. It's the same thing with dating. We all know that the expectation may not be say, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I'm I'm a godly guy. I'm not looking to do that. Is she? You hope that she's not either. But then this will get kind of toward the end of what we advocate for. Maybe yeah. you are looking for a, an alternate way of doing it. But the other problems with dating, we'll kind of get through these and then advocate um, for what we look for. This next for. one's really important too. It's divorce practice. Yeah. It's it's really practice for divorce because you date somebody, you get close, you get really emotionally invested in them. Maybe you do go too far. Hopefully not, right? But 
either way, you break up and it's your heart's just broken. And then you either go to a rebound, which is right. three weeks later you're in another relationship and it's rebound and it's not good and that usually ends terribly. Or you wait for a while, you get into another one, you give them your heart, and what's happening is your heart's breaking into all of these little pieces and you're learning that I can't give everybody my 100% because it'll be... Because I've already given it to somebody. Exactly. Yeah. And it was shattered. And so when your spouse comes along, how easy is it to give her 100% of your heart? Right. Knowing it's not going to be shattered. Like really, really difficult after it's happened six times. There's two sides to this that I want to hit. And one of them is going to be very hard to grasp for the young people that are listening to this that aren't married because they haven't met that person yet. But... It's, it can be the, – the problem with, with what Joe's describing is you think about the young people that date and break up every nine months, every yep. every 12 months. For most people, it's not even that long. But, right. you know, they, they give their heart. They have, they have an emotional connection to somebody that will not go away, mm-hmm. again, especially if you get too far into the physical realm. And so you get married at 21. You've dated conservatively seven or eight people, gotten really emotionally attached to, to most of them. Yep. You know, you ha- you find your wife, you find your spouse. Those emotional attachments do not go away. Sure, right. they might fade over time, but the songs, the movies that you were that you connected with your ex girlfriend over, yeah. those things don't go away. That's right. And so, yes, you give yourself fully to your spouse, but guess what's unfortunately subconsciously going to be in the back of your mind? Something you stumble across pictures again. You hear a song, you watch a movie, a TV show that you watch together, inside jokes. All of a sudden, your spouse is looking at you like, you know, you had an emotional connection with how many people? And it's just, oh, yeah. again, it's, it's hard for you to grasp, I would imagine, for those of you who aren't married because you haven't gotten to that point yet. But you want right. to be able to give yourself fully to your spouse. And that's not to say that you're never going to have a relationship go wrong. Sure. But sure. it it's just, the, it's it puts you in the mindset of, man, if this doesn't go well, I can just end it. If this doesn't yep. go well, I can go find some grass. It might be greener. You can't do that once you get into marriage. Right. Otherwise, you know, you're breaking God's law of divorce. So anything else to add to that? Man, I've worked with so many people. That I, I can, I'm literally thinking of three right now in my head that they got married, and once again, there was something that they left over with somebody that yeah. they had dated previously that maybe either led to them cheating or they didn't cheat, but they were thinking about them and had a really difficult time being present with their spouse. Yes, being fully open and intimate with them, but also being very present with them because all they could think about was the other person. The other person I'm sure. telling you, three people in my mind right now, and I know I've worked with a lot more that that's the case, this is what dating gives us, is it gives us a culture of, I mean, how many people, and and just a quick word on sexual temptation, when you give in and you fornicate, there is oxytocin present, which is a chemical bonding agent in the body that is intended to be given to your spouse, Mm -hmm. and it does bond you, and so the first time that you have sex with somebody, it bonds you really tightly to them like super glue. Well, subsequent uses, I mean, it gets subsequent times of of sex and such, it gets less and less and less, kind of like glue as it gets less sticky the more you do it. But the, basically like, you're going to be thinking about that person. That person is imprinted in your mind to a certain extent. And you've given them part of yourself, your virginity, you will never get back. So I just wanted to say that as well. I know that's kind of on a different side of it. And we're hoping you're not going that far. And this is a dating episode, not a fornication episode. But just something to consider, especially as we're looking at practice. But get to the other side, because I said a second ago, there's there's two sides of this, and I hit the first side. The other side is once again, you're conditioning yourself to if it doesn't go well, I can break it off. Yes. If it doesn't go well, I can look somewhere else. Um, If you know, I'm not committed to this person, so let me look around a little bit. Right. You know, if you do that over and over again, and then all of a sudden you get married, if you've conditioned your brain to think in that way of looking over your shoulder, Mm -hmm. looking around, checking people out, maybe the grass is greener. 
your brain doesn't shut off. Like, right, exactly. like we brought this up before, I think in, in previous episodes. And so you have to be mindful of that when you're, when you're practicing dating. And again, just break up, date somebody, break up. It, it literally is divorce practice. You don't have that option when marriage comes right. around, according to our understanding of God's word. And so again, you're conditioning your brain for something that is not going to be permissible once marriage comes around. Right. It's the serial daters of the world want the other girl to like them and they want to be validated in that. And so when you get your spouse, it's like, oh, I've got validation all the time. It doesn't really work that way Mm -hmm. because unless you're intentionally putting into that relationship as much as you can and being completely open with them, you're putting yourself in a situation where you're, you know, constantly wanting to chase and you want to go after somebody and you want them to love you and you want them to like you. And, and so once again, your spouse gets the novelty wears off after a time. That's and a big becomes, problem. It's contractually obligated to like me. What about other people? That's a big problem for guys is the the validation, the the pursuit, almost the enjoyment of the chase, getting them yep. to like you. Get, okay, and I got it. Okay, cool. I can move on to somebody else now. Right. And man, that that's super dangerous. Oh, yeah. And you see that again yeah. with a lot of serial daters. And, and you think that's an older person problem. No, there's 15, 16, 17-year-olds doing that as well. Next one, though, I'd say is unrealistic relationship expectations. Um, dating is fun. It's the same problem I have with things like not to bring this in, but youth groups and such. You know, it's all fun all the time. Not it's the episode, par- Joe. Not the yeah, episode. Exactly. But, you know, it's a pizza party. It's later right, day. right. But dating is the same way. It's a good analogy, yeah. You're having all the fun. You're going out on dates, and you're going to putt-putt, and you're doing all the things that the movies have you do that, that look cool and fun, and you're going out to eat and everything. Cool, you know, but what about the real... What about real life? What about the real life? What about the day in and day out with this person? And depending on how you structure your dating life, it can really lead to these unrealistic uh, unrealistic expectations where you think you're just going to have fun 24-7. That's not how relationships work. Yeah, because think about it. When you're dating somebody, again, especially in your teenage years, this is a little different, I guess, if you're in college and you're responsible but uh, for yourself. But those who are young, 16, 17... You don't have any financial responsibility other than paying the tab at dinner. And in some cases, parents are paying the tab. Right. And so, you know, you don't have any, you know, you, you're only seeing this person at their best. You're only seeing this person at the That's time huge, on yeah. the vacations when they're having fun. It's like, man, if life could be like that, yeah, it'd be great. That'd no be kidding. phenomenal to, to go to putt <laughs> no putt and get ice cream and go to a nice oh, yeah. dinner twice a week or three times a week and just go on vacations. That ain't how life works. You've got, you're going to have financial burdens. You're going to have financial responsibilities. You're going to have stresses that, you know, the purpose of finding somebody is for you two to work through those things together. That usually doesn't get replicated in dating. It's just having fun. It's just, again, putting your best foot forward, just enjoying each other at the life's most fun times. We said something really big of only seeing them at their best. Have you seen your girlfriend without her makeup? There are people that get into marriage hardly ever having seen them without their makeup. Without looking perfect, you get on FaceTime and everything's just exactly the, the way it's right, supposed yeah. to. The angles are right and you go, wow, she's hot. And then maybe you get in person, she's still hot. Love my wife, right? But you know what I mean? But it's different. Like right. when you only see them all dolled up and with the makeup and everything else, it was really important for me. And I actually asked my wife, she used to be really self-conscious about her glasses. She'd always wear contacts. No, my glasses look bad. I said, I want to see in your glasses. Mm-hmm. I'm going to for the rest of my life. Like let's start incorporating that where I'm seeing without Set the, the realistic expectations. Exactly. Yeah. Not always best foot forward. So I think that's a big one as well. I would also say marriage is not the goal. We've talked about this one, but marriage often is not the goal. And we kind of want to end on this one in terms of problems with dating, because I do think this is one of the biggest things is it lacks intentionality and it gives the relationship no direction 
And so it's just kind of like, hey, we're here to have fun. And yeah. then we wonder why we have fun sexually and get in trouble is because, because there's no really other go. way to go. Exactly. Well, I'm not really ready to marry you. I mean, that wasn't the, the intention. But I also am very, very emotionally close. And part of being emotionally close is the sexual tension rises, which again is normal. That's God given. But when those things happen, we're always shocked when we get into problems. It's like, well, you didn't have any goal with the with the relationship. That's my one of my biggest problems with dating. Like, what's the purpose of this? Where are yeah. we going with it? What are we doing? And then the girl gets frustrated because it's like, we've been dating for five years and he just won't commit, right? Well, it's like, man, he's having all the fun in the world. Why would he need to commit? There's there's no expectations. There's no realism here like of, of what's right. supposed to happen. You're just continuing to have fun, especially if some sexual things are involved. Why would he commit, right? You'd set off on the foot of, man, we're just here to have fun. He's continuing to have fun. But at some point, your mind switched to, I don't want it to be fun. I want there to be commitment. His mind didn't switch, and now there's all this tension. Right. That really hurts relationships. I would encourage everybody who's watching this, let's say you have not started dating yet, do not start until, and we don't want to say until you're ready for marriage, because that's, you, you brought up before we started uh, recording that, like, look, you don't have to be making 120 grand a year or, or have completely finished college to even start thinking about marriage. We're, right. not, we're not saying that. But you need to have marriage as the goal. You need to have marriage as the purpose, as the intention. And if you do not, you're not ready to date and you right. should not date. And I think that's the biggest thing with this is if, if you're 17 years old and you've got a plan for your future and you know that I'm going to be able to take care of myself and my spouse in two years at 19, I personally would be fine with somebody at that age, you know, starting that process. Sure. Most 17 year olds are not. If it's right. like, oh, I got to get through college and I got to get my career started. That again, that's six years down the road. You probably shouldn't be dating. And again, that's counterculture. That's not going to be popular. A lot of you listening aren't going to listen to us. Right. We understand that. But let's get into why we advocate for something different. Why yeah. we are not big fans of. We've already hit on why we're not big fans of dating. Why do we advocate for something different? And it goes by a lot of names. You know, intentional dating, I think, is the way we're going to describe it. Um, we're talking about courtship is a word that's used. It's got that some negative Gives a lot of people, people like, oh, that's from the 1800s. Right. Like, we don't care what you call it. Right. But look at the, again, we, we define dating and the principles of dating right now. What we're about to describe, again, forget the name of it and call it whatever you want, but think about the principles of it. That's what we're going to end on. So get us into some of, some of that what do we advocate for that's different? Intentional dating, whatever we want to call it. Right. First things first is intentionality. I yep. mean, you're just, you have to be more intentional about what you're doing. Why we call it intentional dating is if I'm intentional about staying pure, Yep. what am I going to do? I'm going to have people around me. I'm going to be supervised. I'm not going to be alone in a lot of tempting circumstances because I'm very intentional about marriage. So I know where I'm going with this, but I'm also very intentional about staying pure. And I'm very intentional about keeping her pure. I'm intentional about us establishing good communication patterns. Like the problem Have a plan. With, exactly. Yeah. The problem with dating is it's so loose. It's like you can't call anything out. You're not really working toward better communication because who are you to say that to her? You guys are just here for fun. Like, no, but we're looking toward marriage and I'm intentional about this. And so I can say- Which means I want to know how you communicate. Exactly. I want to know how you handle stress. And I don't appreciate that, right? I don't appreciate this way. And I don't, and, and what if we did it this way? When you are intentional about things, you're way more likely to call things out because you realize this has an end goal of marriage and I want to make sure we're going to be the most healthy couple we can be by the time we hit that. So first things first, that's why we call it intentional dating. Intentionality is huge when you're entering and into a relationship. And you as the guy have to set that tone. Right. It's not saying right, that not the, her. it's not that the girl can't, but the guy, you as the guy, if you're going to be the spiritual leader, you have to set the tone. You have to be intentional with the way you lead your family. Why don't you start before you start the family with the right. intention? Um, 
we've already hit on this one as well, but why we advocate for something different in intentional dating is because there's simply less opportunity for temptation if you are getting to know somebody within the context of being surrounded by other people. Yep. My wife, I don't know if she watches these or not. I think she does actually. So she'll, she'll get a laugh out Shout of this. Shout out Rachel. Shout out to Rachel. This was her least favorite part of the way we did things. She hated that we always had to have somebody with us, <laughs> uh, which we did. We we didn't go out to eat by ourselves. We didn't. We barely rode in the car together by ourselves unless somebody was following or whatever. But most of the time we had one of my siblings in the backseat. Right. And she hated that because she, and she wasn't used to it. She didn't grow yeah. up that way. And so she was like, why do we have to do this? Now she understands. She gets it um, because it's just – it's. You're not going, it's not that the temptation is not going to be there. Right. It's just that it's way more difficult for you to give into that temptation right. when I've got my eight year old brother in the backseat or my 12 year old right. brother. I don't remember how old Reese and Luke were. Um, but you know what I mean? Like when, when you're getting to, to know each other and having fun and sure flirting with each other at the kitchen table with your family, it's a little bit different vibe right. than again, if you're across the table at a restaurant. Yes. It's frustrating. Rachel's yes. right. It is frustrating. I was frustrated at times. Yes, yeah. exactly. Me too. I mean, it is frustrating, but it is a sacrifice that we have to be willing to make in order to maintain purity and to not just let the the mindless dating take us away into things we shouldn't. So like you said, one of the reasons we advocate for something different is less opportunity for temptation, regardless of how frustrating. Same thing in porn, right? You sometimes have to delete YouTube off your phone or whatever. Yeah. Is that insanely annoying? Yes, it is. But sometimes that's what's necessary that's what yeah. to keep us you know, pure. I would say the other reason that we advocate for something different is we're more involved with our families. And I think this honestly bodes better for a future relationship. Yeah. This sets the tone where Lord willing, we do get married. I have a really good relationship with my in-laws because it wasn't just me and her going off on our, doing own, our, doing own, our thing. own thing. Yeah. I had to include the family because they were there and because we did a lot of family things. Now I'm closer to her mom. I'm closer to her dad. I'm closer to his siblings. And in the process, you also gain some siblings, which is really cool. I mean, I've, I've got, my wife is oldest of seven, so I've got like a lot of new siblings. Yeah. <laughs> I was youngest of four, so I wasn't the oldest to anybody, and that's kind of a cool dynamic. And so yeah. I appreciate the fact that we were able to involve the family more, and our families were able to grow a little bit closer rather than just us two being isolated. Right. And this is one that, again, a lot of young people are going to be like, man, I, my parents are so annoying or, or whatever, right. like... We get that that is a struggle with a lot of young people. However, you're not just going to have to trust us on the fact that it is going to bode so much better for you, as you just said, for your future relationship if you don't do the whole, oh, all right, me and her, we're going out, we'll, we'll see y'all later. I mean, you hear stories about parents that don't even know who their kid is dating Seriously. until six months in, you know? And it's like, that to me is a more of a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? More of a judgment on the parent, like yeah. you should be the one knowing. Um, but yeah, go ahead. I was say? just going to say, you see this in college though, because we haven't yeah. really even spoken to college. We're running low on time. If you are in college, though, try to include your best friends. Try to include other people. Like, you still are called to remain pure just because you're in college and because you can be so blinded with your affection for the person, with the way you're feeling about the person. That man, if you're isolated, who's there to call you out? Like, okay, y'all are getting too close, or hey, you know, you know, there's nobody there. Like, you're seeing things through love tinted glasses in a lot of instances, and it takes other people. And we firmly believe the best people to do that, no matter how much you might not get along with them, are your parents because they've been there. They know to call that out. Out and go let's do something a little different you know with whatever the issue right is. and if they're not with you if you're at college or if you're away or if you're a little bit older and you've moved out and your parents aren't have there, other people yeah have other people to the best of your ability but if you can include your parents in this um, if you have any sort of relationship and even if you don't maybe use this as an opportunity to grow closer to them last thing we would say why we advocate marriage is the goal of yeah. both. And if you haven't noticed it's kind of a theme for That's this episode. theme it's yeah. the intention I've hit on the intentionality but really coming down to it Marriage has to be the goal for both people going into it because if it's the goal for you and she's just here to have fun, 
It does not, not bode well. Work. I'm yeah. telling you, it will not work. Um, and vice versa. She's going, man, when's he going to pop the question? And you're like, this is pretty cool. You know, like, all right, I'm still kind of keeping my options open, yeah. right? Type of thing. That really doesn't go well. So this is why in courtship, it's such a big deal to go ask the father. Yes. If you can include the father, and if he's amiable and he's willing, I would say include oh, him. Absolutely, yes. Um, unfortunately, a lot of fathers have no idea how courtship works, and so they go, oh, yeah, you seem like a good guy, cool. They have no <laughs> idea what that's supposed to look You've been in jail? Like. No, okay, yeah, awesome. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Any felonies, uh, past priors, um, or any priors? But anyway, the father role is so important in getting to know him, but this is why when you go to the father and you say, hey, I'd really like to get to know your daughter, most of the time before you pop the question is when guys will go and say, hey, can are you okay if I pop the question? It's kind of one of those formality things. And if he goes, no, you go, well, see, I'm going to do, anyway. yeah, <laughs> do it anyway. Um, but it's kind of a nice thing. I'm advocating. We're advocating. Do that on the front end. Are you okay with me getting to know your daughter yeah. a little more? I'd like and to it's daunting. To like, again, while you're listening to this, you're like, <laughs> oh, are yeah. you kidding me? Do I have to do that? Like, we would recommend it. And it was scary for both, at least oh, for absolutely. me. It was. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I don't. I don't know this guy from Adam. I know her. I think she's amazing. I don't know her dad. The guy may be the biggest jerk on the planet. Luckily, my father-in-law is great. I think yours is too. But yes, it's a very daunting thing. The same way these things cost you something. It does cost you something. But this is why you need to be a little older. You need to count the cost. Marriage is one of that and baptism are the two biggest decisions you will ever make in your life. And I would almost say this one's bigger than baptism. And that sounds crazy. But you're talking about your wife's spirituality, whether she gets to heaven, your kids, your grandkids, and so on and so forth. Who you decide to marry today reverberates decades, if not hundreds of years, centuries into the future based on what you decide from this. So yes, a lot is riding on your decision. Do not take this lightly. Yep. I mean, I don't really have much else to add. Again, this is one of those things that a lot of you are going to be listening to this going, "My, my parents let me date. It's all good. You know. My parents set the tone and they, they say I can date. Again, we would just challenge you to, to ask these questions. and to, right. to Even if you your parents don't ever get on board with what we're talking about, you set the boundaries. Yeah. You decide, you know what, we're, we're not going to be alone at this movie theater. We're going to, and again, the, it's going to be tough because the temptation is, yeah, I really want, I, I want to be alone with her. Why would I want to bring my sibling or another yeah. friend with me? As godly young men, be different. Don't yeah. be like the world. Absolutely. In this. The world is, and the church, unfortunately, in so many cases, is totally fine with unsupervised dating. Is it a good idea? We've we've clearly laid out that we don't think it is for all these reasons. And so we're just inviting you and encouraging you to ask that same question and to really, again, set the boundaries and set the tone for your relationship because you're going to have to do that when you marry the girl or when you when you start your family. You're going to have to be intentional. Start now. Anything else that you would add to that? I think it's a perfect way to wrap up. You want to preview next week's episode? Yes, kind of a, uh, a part two and something that Will really took the outline for this one and did a fantastic job. Next outline is going to be how do you treat the girl once you have her? Once you're in that relationship, yep. how do you treat her? We talked about how to talk to girls. Uh, I don't remember the episode number, but go back and watch that if you haven't or listen to that one. Um, we're excited for this next one too. It's kind of a part two as to what kind of guy are you going to be? There's multiple guys, quote unquote, and yep. how they treat the girl. We're excited about that one that as well. That will be so. episode 30 as well. That's right. So about to hit 30. That's Man, three zero. That's That is nuts. Um, but yes, stay tuned for that one. So thank you for checking in. Anything else? That's it. All right, that's going to wrap up episode 29 of the Godly Young Men podcast. We'll talk to you next week.